So if you hear any funny noises during the recording for this particular podcast, it's because I'm recording it in the car. This is the quietest place I could find today. But what that has meant is that sometimes when the wind is blowing, etc., and when there's kind of helicopters and all sorts overhead or driving past, sometimes the noise is actually picked up. So that really is what the noise is. Now... As a result of, you know, the last episode in which I kind of shared how I got half sacked, half resigned from, you know, one of my my first and kind of biggest role in a FTSE 100 company. Thank you so much for the feedback on that, by the way. I was a bit unsure as to whether really to even share that episode because, you know, it's one of those things it happens, right? So, but thank you for the feedback. I received quite a you know a lot of positive feedback in private messages um from people who could relate or you know found it interesting to hear what it's like on you know for the on the other side now this particular episode is going to be about job searching techniques and strategy and this is something that i don't see discussed a lot because sometimes either the information is for you know very junior staff or it's actually for kind of executive or senior level staff and the tactics or strategies that you might use to look for a job will differ I guess depending on you know where you're at in your career and your environment so the first thing I will say is that networking and word of mouth are really powerful ways of finding work okay and and so in some environments and some sectors you know sometimes there's very little interviewing happening happening because often you know rapport has been built people have observed you a job will come up maybe even the job doesn't really have a defined job description even maybe it's quite ambiguous or it could be a new role that's just been created but often people know people you know they've been having chats with somebody you know over coffee for months or you know one of their peers is a manager and has someone in their team that could be quite interesting you know there's various ways people fall into jobs I have actually gotten one or two jobs in the past quite simply because of my network and contacts and I just had literally two coffee chats and you know started working in that particular place so it can happen but today's episode really is about you know if you're somebody who uh, hasn't built a network or a contact list to leverage yet and is literally searching for a job in a new environment or it's your first time of really having to you know do the whole manual search yourself that is very self-driven this episode is for you and it is crucial to have a system and, and and a process because looking for a job is a job within itself that is the reality and I firmly believe and I know from experience you only get out what you put in underlying all of this system and process and I think the reason why you know for me I've always found success in the system and process is that you know it's incredibly draining as well sometimes and you also have to really keep your motivation up and I hate to use the word things like you know positive and confidence because I've got issues with what those two things really convey um you know I have my own viewpoint on positivity and confidence as concepts you know what I prefer to focus on is well what action are you taking how proactive are you being how consistent are you being because I think those three things can help you 
endure and wait and be patient because positivity, confidence, sometimes those things can escape you. And this pursuit of confidence and positivity sometimes I don't think is totally helpful. But if you're actually taking action and you have a system and process that you can track and review, you're more likely to, you know, stay the course. You're more likely to keep believing in the outcome that you are working towards. And that's what I've found myself, you know, after a period of time of trying to build a business or job search, if I don't see the the, the fruits just yet or nothing suitable has come through just yet, I look back at my system and process and I can see evidence of what I'm doing and I can even review and monitor what's not working. You know, what adjustments do I need to make, if any, or do I need to just be patient and wait a little longer so that's why a system and process is really important and quite often the sessions that I end up doing whether they're being formal or formal with young people or just other people who are in that job searching phase are very productive because this is the stuff unfortunately you're not taught in school and this is the stuff that sometimes not even the career advisor is able or has the resources to share with you but if you can have this core system and process in place you will feel much more able and competent when you're going through the job search process the other reason why I think that this is really important is that if you are not going to university okay at the moment you know university is really held up as the beacon and as the ultimate goal now what I have found and I did go to university myself which is a disclaimer but I was quite different in the sense that university wasn't my only option but it wasn't also you know, the holy grail for me. I did it. Um, it was a part of a larger strategy. And actually, all the way through university, I was working and I was doing work experience. So I didn't come out of university with just a degree and no work experience, you know, and no, you know, paid work experience either and and this is why I think this is really important for those if you are not going to university for whatever reason it doesn't really matter you have to still have a strategy and if you're not applying for apprenticeships because those are very popular these days and totally viable but maybe you don't know what it is that you're interested in maybe you don't know what it is you want to do so if you're not applying for kind of these schemes these programs these trainee you know ships I think they're called um you know where things are set out for you because usually on apprenticeships and you know in a degree or a diploma there is a syllabus of study there is a course guide so you are still being guided although you've got to you know really take control of your learning and turn up to your lectures and your classes and actually sit the exams or complete the assessments the guide is still set out for you and generally speaking the next step is often suggested to you but if you're not taking that route Again, this episode is very useful to you. You know, even if you're looking for short term work for whatever reason, or maybe you're working alongside, you know, building on starting a business. It's really, really um, going to be useful for you, this particular episode. Now, I often when it comes to job searching, the first thing I look at is is one network and contacts, as I said before. But let's say you don't have that. So you will take that particular, you know, pot off the stove. What's left, generally speaking, is job sites. Okay, that's online job search engines. The next one is 
my mind literally went blank there, which I don't know why. Job search sites, okay? And then the next one is agencies. That's the other one, okay? So now let me explain the difference. So you have search engines very similar to Google that are all, you know, geared towards and um, specifically for job searching, essentially. And then you have on the other hand, agencies. They're called recruitment agencies, generally speaking. Um, and what they do is they have already built relationships with employers, okay, and organizations who are looking to recruit and have open vacancies. And what generally happens is you can ring a recruitment agency and you can introduce yourself. Uh, they will ask you some questions about yourself, where you're at in your career. They usually ask for a CV to be sent by email. They review that email. And then through a collaborative conversation, sometimes they can match you up to industry and roles that might be right for your pay grade right for your experience set etc so the reason why I mention those two options because people often forget that you can use recruitment agencies and again you have to have a strategy when it comes to recruitment agencies otherwise the fruit that you see is very little now I will deal with recruitment agencies first the first thing to think about with recruitment agencies go onto their website and have a look at the roles that are actually advertised on their website have a real look on the site because you can get a feel sometimes as to whether this is a big agency or a small agency and there isn't really an advantage or disadvantage to either what I have found is that sometimes big recruitment agencies they have lots of consultants who each have a specialism okay so let's say they have an engineering department they might have a, a retail banking department they may have a hospitality department and so that consultant specializes in roles in that particular department now if they're a big one sometimes that does mean there are actually more roles available okay and often they may have relationships and contracts with very big employers and so you know there is that element there and, and so there could be a lot of roles for you to choose from. Now, smaller recruitment agencies, again, not completely a disadvantage. What you tend to find is a lot of these recruitment agencies have built up very specific and strong relationships with the companies for which they recruit. So they actually sometimes know the founder very well or the managing director or the CEO of that company very, very well. And because they know them so well, they've really been able to get to grips with what it is that that company is looking for in that particular role and so actually they can you know move faster sometimes it's easier for them to get in touch with the CEO or whoever has the kind of hiring power and who is the decision maker so again you'll you'll find that different recruitment agencies you know vary in size and process now generally speaking they do ask for a CV I am going to do another episode specifically on CVs and, you know, because there are different types of CVs these days, but they will ask you to send them a CV. When you send them their C your CV, follow it up. You know, I often follow it up or I call first. In the past, I've called first, introduced myself, had that informal initial chat, then sent the CV over. What that does is build rapport quite quickly. It shows that you're engaged. It shows that you're on the ball. You know, and when it comes to recruitment agencies, you need to keep those lines of communication open. 
I've always gotten the best results when I've kept those lines of communication often, where I contact them often and see how they are, have a conversation, update them on something that I'm doing and make it clear that I'm still open and available for roles. Now, I tend to do that weekly, at least weekly, depending on the recruiter. There are in the past, I've had recruiters where I've actually built up something quite genuine, you know, um, in terms of rapport. So we'll talk maybe twice a week about what roles they've got coming up, what roles they currently have. And when when you do that often recruiters obviously they're looking for their commission they want to place somebody they will actually give you more inside track information about the role and how to you know craft your cv maybe how to prepare for the interview really well if you've been shortlisted for an interview so it's really important to be very engaged do your research and stay on top of it if you send your cv via the kind of blind um you know portal that they tend to have on their websites and you never check chase it never follow up you are not going to it's, it's very unlikely you're going to receive a response and therefore the results you're going to get are going to be disappointing and that's why quite often I hear people say you know I don't want to use a recruitment agency and that is because sometimes they don't actually understand how to use a recruitment agency to get results so you do also need some strategy you know ask them clear questions well what are employers looking for you know what qualifications or experience need to be highlighted and then it allows you to assess where you're at actually because sometimes you might well have that experience okay because the job description that's often sent to to you or put on a website often is quite vague right there's only so many ways that some employers can you know describe a particular role and so actually it's by talking to the recruitment consultant dealing with that role you can really get a true understanding um, of, of what that role would entail and then you're able to assess whether or not it's even worth you applying or whether it is worth you applying but you know what elements of my work history or experience um, do I need to to share also if you do not have work experience i.e maybe you've not had any paid work or you haven't had any work in the particular field you'd like to go in now that isn't always a complete disadvantage because you'll find that there's a lot of companies and organizations who are actually looking for entry level staff. Okay. So that could be, you know, their own version of an apprenticeship. It could be an internship or it could just be entry level. Okay. Now, you know, sometimes a lot of those job titles will say junior, you know, now that is also okay. It's not necessarily a disadvantage. It's not necessarily an automatic, you know, no, or, you know, or rejection. What you have to do is then think about what skills have you acquired throughout your studies, okay? What skills have you acquired throughout your studies and how can you demonstrate that? And by that, I mean, what examples can you give? You know, that is what those employers will be looking for. In my experience, what I've found is that, you know, sometimes there are lots of young people or just, you know, new career starters. They may not have the, the world of um, experience in that particular field, but actually in some employers like that because it means they can train and mould you accordingly. It means that you don't necessarily come with bad habits or very ingrained ways of doing things. It then allows them to train you specifically with Within their company and culture to do that specific job so don't be you know um, put off at you know if you are going for entry-level positions so that's a you know a quick 
you know, whirlwind around recruitment agencies. They can be useful, but you have to operate like an equal partner in that relationship. Okay, you have to be pushing as much as pulling to be able to get the results from using a recruitment agency. So that's that. And that's that. So now on the other side, job site or job search engines. Now, what I will do in the show notes is put down a few job sites that I have used in the past that I have gotten some results from. And, you know, none of them have been uh, endorsing this podcast, by the way. So I don't get any financial return of any kind for highlighting those particular uh, job sites. But they are ones that I have used myself now you have to very much have again a strategy now where to start now with job sites you know what you want to do is use the search function very specifically now quite often there are filters you know there's a filter function which allows you to you know select and decide on your criteria and in return the engine will only highlight jobs that meet the criteria that you have selected. Now, often the criteria includes salary, location, uh, job title could be, you know, experience level. And what is the other one that I always think is quite useful? So I just mentioned location, wage, job title, experience level. There may well be key words. So, for example, let's say, you know, it's customer service or you're a complaint specialist. You can put that keyword into some of these search engines and it will bring up any job which, you know, in which the description mentions that key word. Okay. now what I would say is there's two key times a day that I found very useful for searching. One is first thing in the morning and one is the last thing in the evening I find that new jobs tend to get you know listed and become up on the searches at those times a day now so you know really be quite structured with the way you're searching okay that's the first thing first thing in the morning or maybe the last thing in the evening now use the filter wisely for example if you are a new starter or it's your first job there is no point in applying for jobs that pay 50k or 100k now the reason why i say that is because generally speaking those roles require a certain level of experience okay that has to be demonstrated in the the application process okay so just bear that in mind if you've never worked before or you know maybe you're looking for a, a second or a third job sometimes you know these 50k 70k 100k jobs it may not be appropriate for you to be applying to those particular roles so use the filter process to maybe look for up to 30k for example and then if you only want to work in london then of course you can select london and then be aware of you know there's often another little supplementary box which will um, have you know how many miles from london so you might want to put up to 10 miles so it depends how far you're willing to travel to go to work but beware of that as well because sometimes it's preset to something ridiculous like 50 miles so so you'll see lots of jobs way outside of london we don't have time for that so really make sure that that filter is correct 
So you put in your salary, you put in location. Now, sometimes you don't always have to put a job title in, but if you know the area that you'd like to work in, or you know that there's a keyword that is often, you know, a part of the job title that you want to go for, or you, you know, are used to doing, then put that keyword in and then let the search engine bring up the results. Now, here's where you need to really, you know, have a strategy and a process. When the job search, when the engine brings up all the results, what I find it best to do, and I'll give an example, indeed.com, for example, it will bring up all the results. And bear in mind how it appears on a phone and a tablet is different to how it appears on a desktop. I do tend to find using a desktop better only because you can see all of the details. You can open jobs in a new tab, etc. That can be difficult on a tablet or um, a, a phone for indeed.com specifically, because sometimes you open it in a new tab and it hasn't opened the actual full job details. It's just open literally another tab with another list of job results so just beware of that now read the job description on indeed.com okay so let's say you are searching for a customer service advisor role you double click on that role you open it you look at it now the first things that I always look at are there's usually and on the desktop version on the right hand side of the screen it will bring up the full job details and then it will have two buttons and usually it says apply or apply on site on company website they are different and they're different for a reason because if it just says apply then usually you can literally upload your cv to indeed.com and apply directly if it says apply on company site, when you select or double click on that button, it will take you to the actual company's website. So it's not an Indeed website. It will reroute you and take you through to the actual company's website. And then what should happen if the links are correct? It will take you to that particular vacancies page on the company that is doing the recruiting's website, okay? Now, the reason why this is useful is because you can now get a better idea about that company, get more information on that particular company, okay, and what they do. You can also search all vacancies on that company's website because not all of their vacancies would they have pushed through to the Indeed website. Sometimes they don't do that. And so actually, when you go onto their website as a whole, you find all these other vacancies that might be interesting and or suitable to you. Now, when you go through to the company's website, it is super important check the um, deadline number one make sure that the job vacancy is still open and in date number two look for the job description or the personal spec because what you tend to find is that the job details pushed through to these job sites sometimes is not the entire job detail. So the essential criteria for applicants may not always be fully included on these job site engines. OK, so that's why what you're looking for when you go onto the company's website is the full and official job spec and um, uh, description. OK, 
open it, usually it's a downloadable document, whether that be Word or a, a PDF. You, what you want to do is open that document, scan that document carefully and look for the essential criteria so that you can ascertain whether or not it is a job that you can apply for. Now, generally at entry level, there won't be many problems. However, if it is a job, as I said, that you know, you're looking at 40, 50K or um, it's a specific industry type of job, what you will find is that in the essential criteria, it might say something like four years plus experience in civil engineering. Now that's, you know, and then it might say MBA preferred or, you know, degree in the sciences preferred. So it's important to check that section so that you can ascertain whether this is going to be worth your time or not. And this is why you need to have a process and a system and it needs to be quite thorough so that you can weed and filter out jobs that are not suitable for where you're at right now or what you're looking for right now. There's nothing worse than starting to fill out an application form or submitting a CV and finding out that the job is totally wrong for you anyway quite simply because you need a specific type of experience or qualification something a common example of that is working for the NHS now outside sometimes and actually no I take that back even within some of their support and their administrative roles they do require you to know for example about you know you know the NHS I don't know if it's, you know, for one of their departments that deals with gynecology specifically, they want you to know about a certain ele element of gynecology. You know, sometimes some higher education institutes are very similar. So, again, it might well be an administrative or support role, but it will say, you know, five years experience in higher education or two years experience dealing with apprenticeship levy scheme. Right. So to avoid time wasting and some disappointment it's really important to get your hands if you can on the official job description or spec personal specs so that you can make sure you know what it is they, they are requiring in terms of qualifications or industry specific experience so that's what I generally do then what you can do is you do that for every job you find that you think is suitable now there are different ways now of, you know, uh, collating these. But what I tend to do is shortlist them. So I'll have um, a, a browser open or I'll have a Word document where I save all of the URL, the, the web page links to the jobs that I think are suitable, jobs that I think I can apply to or apply for. OK, so you put them in a, a in a list. And then the next step is really to work your way through one by one. Okay, now what I would say on this one is the other reason why it's really important to look on the company's website is because if the only way to apply is through their website, it will tell you whether a CV or an application form is required for submission. You know, some jobs will say we don't ex accept any CVs. So that means you have to you have to apply via their application form. Other jobs will say CVs only or CV and cover letter only. And I will do separate episodes on CVs, on cover letters and application forms. But that's why it's important to go through to that website and have a look at what, you know, what is the process of application? What format are they requiring? 
okay and unfortunately some of these websites are even more difficult because even if you register okay to open a profile or an account on the website you can't always tell what all the steps to application are until you've actually started so sometimes you could well go off and start crafting a cv and then when you register open a profile on that company's website you find out that actually no you need to do an application form some websites will ask you to upload a cv others will actually ask you to import and so what you might have to do is copy and paste from your cv to fill in the employment history section of their application form okay so there's all of those things as well and when you start that process do make sure that you keep saving your application as you go along because a lot of these websites are actually not that robust particularly if you're using a tablet or you know what happens is they tend to time out which means you automatically get logged out and if you haven't saved it or there isn't a facility to save because some of these organizations have quite old school you know um kind of recruitment portals that they're using that means you have to re-enter all of the information and I again I don't want to cram too much into this particular episode on this uh, this matter but don't edit or, or or write your application in the browser you know in the actual same application browser for this very reason that often these systems time out and then you've lost all your work what i tend to do and i always recommend doing is work on a draft copy in a word document in a google document separately it's also very good to kind of save all of the applications you're making because one if a job gets back to you and says look we want to see you for interview you can go back and check what you actually submitted what did you actually submit to them in the first place because that gives you a guide on what they may ask you about in the interview secondly it helps save you time because as you get into your stride and you build a momentum with your job searching you don't always have to write every statement or complete every application form from scratch because you've got the materials that you've used in previous applications so that's also why I always recommend working on your draft submission in a separate document and not always in the same browser or on the recruitment portal okay so I, that's really what I wanted to cover off in this episode the two you know potential um, aids that you can use in your job search job sites and search engines and also recruitment agencies i hope that's been helpful and as i say um in future episodes i will be covering off you know the cv and cover letter and the application form and personal statements <laughs>